Howdy. Interesting musings on the oil industry you got there. By Adrian Yobi Blumberg. A response from a native to those predicting the end of oil. I do hope there is a smile for you in this response to your hypothetical explorations. Sub-necessary context. I'm just an old West Texas boy from Odessa, or Odessalit, although some people, and I will not drop any names from West Odessa, insist the name of our venerable town is actually, in point of fact, pronounced Slodetha. And you should draw out the slow part to really get a feel for the sentiment. Now, before you or any of your friends think, oh no, here we go, I currently live in the eastern part of the San Francisco Bay Area, have been around a bit, having done my duty in the Corps, and I do artsy stuff, philosophize when I have an audience, usually trapped, and was about to get to work on my second issue of a webcomic called The Crux, based on Plato's allegory of the cave. Now, Plato was an ancient Athenian. Got my letters from West Texas after my service, and I have also even been to that thing in the desert, T-T-I-T-D, a few times, if any can believe a West Texan would ever do such a thing. Having any unconservative notions in my childhood home, such as the wearing of t-shirts with satanic-looking geometric shapes, or listening to the likes of Boston was tantamount to trying to get Ozzy Osbourne to play at the Coliseum on a Saturday night, or, worse yet, gallivanting around town after 11.30 p.m., then hanging out with the ne'er-do-wells at the local International House of Pancakes, talking about nothing important. By then, one stood in danger of being associated for life, as everyone knew, as a possible humanist playing with the fire of liberalism, forever suspected of probably voting for he who shall not be named, who, coincidentally, was also a big disappointment when he didn't turn out to be, in fact, the Antichrist. That is not to imply that a misunderstanding of the chronological order or translation of revelations didn't come into play. No, sir, what y'all have done is join the pantheon of anxiously hopeful folks who've been predicting either the diminishing returns of, or the impending end of, or peak and imminent decline of the oil and gas industry all the way back to the 1880s, the decade my ancestors helped to establish Odessa. In 1952, M. King Hubbard even put out the first of many, many... Uh, Many models that also heralded a long-standing tradition of end-of-oil predictions, complex mathematical models, and declarations of certainty. There are sources ad nauseum for the fact-checkers of the bunch, and you can begin your journey here. Click this link. Now, before I forget, congratulations all of you have joined a storied and well-educated club of people. That is cause to celebrate, and you seem to have done so organically, so you get the extra points. Now, brass tacks. Down to brass tacks, then. I was raised in a 
single industry city in the rhythmic cycle of a boom and bust region with the geared economics of a typical middle state's financial dependence on the oil and gas field. As a younger man, when I was a young family to support, my three to four job hustles in Austin wasn't cutting it, while the necessary access to opportunity was calling from the flatlands. Necessity and singular focus hones what are important when there are little ones dependent on you. I knew there were 18-year-olds pulling in 60K a year without a degree, out roughnecking. It seemed foolish to stay out of the oil field when otherwise I could only pull 32K a year with a college degree, no matter how much I didn't want to work for the evil empire. I was hired within days in Odessa as a chemical dispatcher. I transferred to the Four Corners region of New Mexico in 2009 to take over as a head of a facility, achieving safety records not seen in the company, before I transferred to a sister company in the San Francisco Bay area after a 15-month interview, then was laid off unexpectedly in September 2015. This was a massive shift beneath my feet. I needed solid ground. Now, I can assure you that the generation's worth of emplacement, maneuvering, and domination of the world's economic core, the consolidation of power and purchase of governments, and a reading of Noam Chomsky's work, especially illustrating the life cycle of the petrodollar, should be enough context to say that that much manifestation will not easily allow the wealthiest class to be dislodged from its position. Now, their ability to perform mental gymnastics may even defy all logic, yet they will not be dislodged until they have morphed into or taken over all the creations of those ahead of them in that innovation by hook or crook. The challenge with having power is that one begins to strongly identify oneself as power. Once experienced, power fame, adoration, those are a challenging illusion, a most seductive siren song to let go of. The structures of clean energy will be methodically bent to their will. Once the ones pulling the levers of power are assured of the comfortable transition of what is next to the core of ultra-wealthy families, the structures of clean energy will be rebranded and installed. Yet, my new friends... Anyone with eyes that can see knows all of that, or even the knowledge of what we have known for a long time is not the real point. No efforts, campaigns, revolutions, or legislation will change the basic dynamics of an ancient struggle between those in power and those without. This tug-of-war began with the first villages. Not until enough people wake up at the same time, enough for a critical mass to be reached, Will a tip in the scales begin? For that the people need truth. What is truth? A pilgrim's progress finding truth. As far as this observer, this pilgrim, can tell, when considering all that I and all y'all can observe, test, quantify, and replicate, and know between birth and our eventual arrival at the final experience before old death's door, no one has any answers. No one at all. There are some theories that have some pretty deep and logical support and evidence behind them, but in the grand scheme of things, who has the breadth of view and awareness to see and weigh the truth of things? 
certainly not me. All I do know for certain is that we are all going to stand before our metaphorical death door alone, faced with the fact that life has always been about accepting and being ready for that singular passage. I am the only one who will ultimately determine whether I can know what is a that I always did what I thought was best, come what may, with the information and understanding at the time. No one else will be there. No preacher, no leader, a parent, just me. Well, hell, who can ask for more than my best, especially when no one alive knows what the dead know? Being a singularly unique and weird West Texan, then no one and nothing could ever do me better. I do me perfectly, in fact. We each do. Since we can't take any luggage with us when we go, I reckon how we engage with ourselves and each other is really what matters in the end. I try to ask myself, what would love do there? Love do that? Is what I'm doing loving to myself or others? I try to avoid getting wrapped up in a messiahs or afterlife or pretend that love does anything other than accept hug and wait on me patiently with knowing looks bandage me up after i run off a cliff an action that love said would hurt but i couldn't or wouldn't see it and love still doesn't chastise or correct me love simply does what is needed and loves me when i take a step back to assess the larger picture i see the darndest thing Everyone's looking for a perfect man to return in the clouds, when what might actually be closer to the truth is that our connection to love within ourselves, the concept of being born into sin, begins when we accept our mortality, really accept and prepare for it. We need to own our own agency to properly collaborate with love and each other. This view makes how I engage with others more relevant. I must drop expectations and look for the context of the moments I find myself in. Love is always inside me the entire time. My sin was that I had been ashamed of making mistakes, embarrassed really, and looked to others and outside myself for validation, for love. I slowly convinced myself that I was still a foolish youth, that I lacked a real understanding in the ways of the world. Meanwhile, love has waited inside me patiently, knocking not from the other side of a door but knocking out a code in the morse code inherent in the beat of our hearts saying well <laughs> that is between love and me you could ask love yourself the process is easy begin to accept yourself right where you are right now a beleaguered point you should be wondering why we seem off track when is this going to address oil in that industry? What are we doing in this article? You would be right in that track of questioning. My personal operational mission is to question myself, others, and anything that doesn't make sense to me, then share my honest thoughts drawn from my experience, how I do my best as I walk through life. I know the best thing for me to do some heartfelt self-evaluation before I really decide anything going forward. That just might be timely advice for you, my new friends, and everyone else who is interested, at least before we decide anything that affects us all collectively.
It seems to me that there's an inherent opportunity here for us to witness, be part of, potentially, one of the single most astonishing moments in our history. As most of the world has had the amazing opportunity not only to see the incredibly astonishing resiliency of nature's ability to rebound from a horribly sustained assault, there is more. All of humanity has been in a dark corner, metaphorically, cutting itself in its consumption of goods. But we've unplugged from that system for a brief time. There has not been a time that I can find when so many got to spend so much time with loved ones. I used to joke, If only life would take a small break so I could breathe! <laughs> well, life has given most everyone a break. This break comes at a terrible cost which means that we must honor that cost going forward. Before we dive back into the suck, it's a marine saying referring to onerous, onerous yet absolutely necessary tasks, imagine what our days might look like if we ask ourselves hypothetically, what happens if I just simply accept who I am? What if I start to see what is really going on? Haven't I been seeing things for what they really are? What if everyone woke up from their slumber? Was our trust in our representatives to take care of their duties as public servants well-placed? Or did I give up my responsibility somehow? I hope my points are clear, my friends. Not so new anymore. Let me know if you have any questions. Respectfully, A. Yobi Blumberg, reading on May 11th, 2020.